The Vibe Catch podcast brings you the latest in employee engagement, workforce productivity, and people analytics. Hello, everyone. Uh, welcome back to the Vibe Catch podcast. This is Janne, and I'm talking today with Jonathan Smith. Uh, Jonathan is a, is a, uh, has been active in leadership roles with major companies such as Mark Spencer, uh, has experience in business transformation consultancy roles, and, and also currently active in advisory and, and, and board member roles. Thank you very much, Jonathan, for taking the time and doing this podcast with us, and, and welcome to the show. Good morning. It's uh, my pleasure to be part of the show, so uh, looking forward to talking to you. Excellent. I mean, in our previous previous podcast, we've been really uh, talking with with various uh, HR experts and, and about uh, the, the, the engagement culture and the, the, how those impact the businesses. And we've been very, really getting good insights from 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 experts in those areas. Why we why we wanted to talk to you is really that we also want to bring in a bit more uh, leadership view to the to this, this this these topics and really to to kind of hear hear a bit more about. Um, your experience as, as a leader in, in, in companies, how, how kind of uh, culture and engagement have, have played a role in the, in the business. So without, without further, uh, further ado, I would, I would yeah, suggest that we kind of uh, jump into the topics. And uh, I, I, thought about, um, I, I thought about sort of starting off from, from kind of the culture and change aspective. Uh, obviously, in your roles, uh, you've been you've been kind of involved in several kind of development projects and change or transformation projects. Uh, kind of, how would you describe like kind of how aware are sort of modern leaders about the kind of like, about their role in in kind of shaping the culture and in, in driving the change in in, in their organisation? Yeah. Um... It's, uh, I've had an interesting career actually in the sense that probably the first 25 years of my career, I worked in companies that were um, quite historical, uh, quite long-standing and therefore very traditional, both in the values that they set, but also in the ways that they, uh, the leaders of those businesses um, conducted themselves. And um, it served me well for a long time, but it was probably about 10 years ago that I started to wake up to the fact that actually that style of leadership that I was um, part of and even participating in was becoming a problem uh, in the rapidly changing uh, and evolving world that we all live in. And you know, my career is predominantly being based in retail, where... Uh, it would be fair to say there has been significant change in the last 10 to 15 years. Uh, and it's been interesting to sort of witness, be part of, and uh, experience that journey of either working in businesses or working advising businesses that have slowly started to recognize that vast need to change. And what do I mean by change? I mean, change the culture because effectively the retail culture, the landscape in which retailers operate in, has just dramatically changed. And you know, to put that simply, uh, there are too many shops, uh, more people shop online these days, the escalating costs within retail or service industry businesses I could talk about as well, has been so dramatic and so transformational in terms of that customer behavior 
that I think it's left, uh, certainly from my experience, many leaders a little lost and perplexed as to what they need to do and how they need to adapt both themselves and the culture stroke strategies within their businesses. So um, it's, it's, it's been a, uh, an interesting journey for, for them. certainly those 10 years, I could say it's probably beyond that. And that pace of change will, of course, continue to get faster and faster as technology, AI, uh, sorry, artificial intelligence, et cetera, sort of takes over and, and drives that whole retail world in a, in a completely different direction. So, um, yeah, it, it's, uh, it's interesting times for the leaders of these big organizations. And I think you can see from the sort of worldwide results and turmoil within that landscape in which I've predominantly operated, that, that many businesses and many leaders within them are failing. Um, and it's those with agility, those with that vision and foresight uh, to see what uh, the customer is doing are the ones that are becoming more successful. Yeah, that's, that's uh, interesting. I mean, I, I guess you are absolutely right that the retail and like, like many other service uh, sector industries, they've really not just gone through a, a major change, but actually sort of a revolution in the whole, whole industry in the past decade or so. Uh, with, with mostly kind of the online uh, driving the, the change. What would you say? It's, um, you mentioned some sort of qualities that kind of have, uh, that, that you recognize with the kind of the ones who, who actually survived the change. But what is it actually that, that uh, is required, uh, required from the leaders to, to be able to kind of uh, drive the change? I think you, because you, you sort of, uh, what I'm trying, trying to go after is like kind of in, in a big change, like, like what's going, going on in you sort of end up typically, I mean, in many companies, you probably ended up in a sort of a crisis situation where yes. you kind of have to react very quickly. And then there's this, that unfortunately, often in those kind of cases, so if you, you, you might forget about the people and taking care of the kind of the, the people in those, those cases, yes. because they are, there is a cost pressure and all that. How, how do you think, like, what is required in that kind of sort of situations to kind of uh, maintain the focus on the people and to get the, get the best possible kind of Yeah, danger? yeah. Um, I think it's interesting you use the word revolution um, and I would agree certainly within the, the industries that I'm talking about. I think part of the challenge that I've seen is that many leaders have just seen it as an evolution uh, and not necessarily that uh, stark contrast of the uh, rev uh, revolution that's taken place. And to that point, I think where uh, the, the key leadership um, uh, challenge is has been that deep uh, ability to listen to uh, gain enough data to spend enough time really uh, engaging with the workforce with uh, and the customer base and actually focusing in on those deeper behaviors of what's happening on both sides of the fence if i say so that, that the customer side what is really happening what do they really want and why are they behaving in that way? And then making sure that you have that agility within your leadership style and uh, also the agility within the strategy that you're setting for the business, that you have that ability to be able to really get deeply into your workforce and to understand uh, what uh, skill sets they have around that ability with the customer but also to uh, understand if they are really fully engaged in the direction that you're taking the business. 
And I think um, when, when there is such a dramatic change in, in such a volatile environment, um, clearly a huge proportion of your workforce start to revert to the tried and uh, tested ways of operating that they've all always operated in. Um, and certainly the businesses that I was working in, um, what that meant is that they stuck to their traditional, what I would describe as committee-led processes, for example. They st stuck to their tried and tested uh, project um, delivery styles. Um, and I think that the best leaders are ones that can take the best of what they've been doing in the past, but also have that versatility and that ability to bring in fresh new ideas, both from internally within their workforce, but also from the outside world, to really keep themselves at the forefront of that pace of change. So, so kind of summing up for me, it really is about that ability to uh, really tap into the deeper behaviors that are going on within the people that are around you um, so that you, you stay relevant and that you, you actually really are able uh, to, you know, utilize that different way of thinking. There's no doubt about it. The younger generation think differently. Um, okay, I'm putting them all in the same bracket, but they, they generally do think differently. They have a different view of the world. They have a different view of the way they want to shop or conduct their business or, or use um, you know, technology. So I think that's the biggest challenge for leaders is to really keep themselves relevant and actually um, attune with the deeper changes that are going on within the workforce. Yeah, I mean, I think we will definitely go into that topic a bit deeper, deeper today as well. Like, like kind of looking into kind of how can you actually make sure that you 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 are able to to um, understand and and listen to to your employees in the in the right way. I, I, before that, I, I was still sort of, I mean, what you described there is it. I think it is, or you described there is it's, it's really kind of it's it's very natural for for people to sort of hold on to the their sort of known processes, their known way of doing things, especially in a situation where there is a big change. So you have to take the big leap to the unknown, so you kind of hold on to your your sort of uh, life west in a way uh, uh, with, with, with all you can. So so how is in that kind of situation where you have sort of resistance to change from the employees, which I think is is always the case when you when you when you're going through a change process, uh, you have some resistance there. How how do you say there? How do you see there the leadership's role in in terms of kind of showing or setting the example, leading by example? Uh, what, what, what's that? Uh, what what's there that the leadership can do in order to kind of get people on board? Yeah, I think I think the the important thing is um, that the leaders are absolutely. Uh, aligned and attuned with the values uh, of the business. And I think from experience, what I've often seen uh, is that when that pressure is on for change, one of the things I've seen, probably two or three businesses I've worked with, there has been that um, desire to sort of shift the, I won't say the mission of the business, but certainly shift uh, the values of the business, shift the strategic intent of the business. And um, the biggest challenge, therefore, for the leaders within that is to actually start living those values or that shift in a very purposeful way. So lead from the front, live the values, um, show, show that it's okay to be different, show that it's okay to um, actually... Um, 
operate in a slightly different way. And I think the key to that is to improve and increase the amount of communication. I mean, the communication tools we all have at our uh, behest these days are, are incredible, mainly technology-led. But there is really no excuse now for leaders not to keep their workforce absolutely up to date. If anything, I think there's a, there's, there's a challenge that sometimes there is over-communication. People hide behind some of the technology. So people hide behind you know, these various um, software packages that you can get um, uh, to keep your workforce up to date. Um, email, I, I, I think email is incredible, but equally it can also be a, a really stifling problem within the business in the sense it stops people talking. Um, so I think part of that key leadership piece is to keep the communication regular, clear, uh, aligned to the strategy all the time, um, but, but make sure that the voice of the top leaders is always heard. That's a critical thing for me. I think there's nothing worse than when you're working in a big business that you actually don't really know what's happening at the top. So it's meaningful, purposeful, um, proper uh, verbal communication is the key thing to me. That's a very good point. I think it's 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 really crucial that it's, it's the message is really clear from the sort of top, uh, what is expected, what is what is kind of the the the, the way uh, we are going, so that the kind of employees uh, feel that they can trust trust the leadership that the, the leadership is taking the taking the uh, company to the right directions. Uh, communication is 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 the word. I think it's uh, it's it's very good that you you brought it up. Uh, it's. Uh, I think what's what's changed in that area. You mentioned technology. Of course, we have now now more tools than ever to to communicate. But one thing that it enables is is then of course also to actually make make it instead of sort of one way communications into a dialogue, which I think is a, it's a, it's an important thing. And, and this brings us into kind of back to the topic where, that you, you you touched before about listening to your employees and understanding what the employees need mm -hmm. and expect as well. Um, yeah, I guess we could we could. Uh, talk a bit more about about that now so how do you see kind of what 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 is required for a, for a leader for a manager to really uh, understand uh, the, the situation of the employees how can you make sure that you get the, get uh, that you truly understand what they what they need and how engaged they are and so on yeah I think um, uh, clearly that well there, there are probably two things for me um, first of all is that regular communication, that regular um, checking in with the, the various leaders within your business to make sure that the key messages are actually getting through uh, throughout the workforce. Mm. Um, the, the other aspect, of course, is, uh, is what um, Vibecatch do, for example, is clearly these engagement uh, surveys. And I think it's really important that um, companies uh, take take the opportunity to really get into um, what I would describe as authentic listening through these um, engagement survey opportunities. What do I mean by authentic? My experience in the past is that often these um, yearly or six monthly sort of tap-ins for feedback, let's call it, um, have, have often been um, uh, a, a predominant KPI for various managers within the business. Because it's such a strong KPI, 
what then I've found is that there's becomes an artificial pressure on the managers to get their workforce to deliver a certain level of answers. And therefore the authenticity of some of the data that's coming back isn't necessarily as rich as it could be. And my view on these things is that if, if and this is what I love about what you do at Vibecatch, is that if the, if the quality of the data and the richness of the questions is right, and there is less pressure necessarily on a score, then you are likely to get back fantastic data. And the critical piece for managers, therefore, is to turn that data and that, that, those responses into uh, authentic action that the people can really live and uh, can really get a sense that the people at the top have actually listened. Um, so I think it, it's, it's about... Uh, the key the key word, I know I've used it a few times, is the authenticity of the communication process. Anybody can ask questions. Anybody can, you know, put a survey out. Any leader can go and do a listening group. But if there isn't an authentic response, and it doesn't always have to be good news, it's not about keeping your people satisfied, it's about keeping your people engaged. And of course, satisfaction is good because you want them to be, but it ultimately is, do they understand and are they engaged in what the purpose of the, their role is within the business and what the purpose of the business is? And that's the critical thing for me. Keep it authentic, keep it to the point, uh, and keep it relevant and regular. That's the important bit, so that, that people really get that sense of, I belong here. Uh, it's not always easy, it's not always good, but I belong here and I have a purpose and I'm valued for what I do. Um, that's the critical bit for me. That's uh, very good points there. What I, I really kind of uh, liked there is, is really the, the, the point that you stressed with, with the authenticity. And I, I, how do you achieve that? I think that's the big question. Like, how do you actually achieve that you create such an, such an environment where the people, um, people are able to give like authentic feedback and, and kind of yeah, trust, it, trust it, to do that? It's, it's powerful re reinforcement of what you've heard. So when I talk about, you know, um, you know, as a leader, for example, if I do a listening group, yeah, with a, a group of my people, um, what I always try to make sure I do is I reinforce what I've heard. So lots of feedback within. This, I think this is what you're telling me. And I'm very challenging around getting into the deeper essence of what people are saying. So I do, I do make the sessions very challenging. Sometimes they become uncomfortable for people. But I'm really trying to get to the bottom of the real truths that are emerging. Once you've found that and you've confirmed them back to the people and you get a sense that they really do uh, value the fact that you deeply listen to their concerns, it's about the the power of your response and the actions that you then take. And it's not about just doing the nice things. You know, sometimes you have to be clear to your workforce that, yes, I've heard what you've said. Yes, I've considered it. And for these following reasons, it's not something that we're able to do or it's not appropriate for our style of business or the customer or whatever. But these are the positive things that we can do. So I think it's about getting that honest balance and then really living and making sure that those actions that you've agreed take place. 
And that therefore becomes authentic leadership because people actually really see you as somebody that is not afraid to make the, the, the good and the, uh, the challenging decisions, but then somebody that lives those responses and makes things happen. Because you know, we've all worked for leaders that say things, but then don't do them. Um, uh, or expect other people to do them, but they're not prepared to live those values themselves. So it is all of that, that, that's the key thing for me, that authenticness of your leadership style that says, I'm going to do what I'm saying I'm going to do. But if I'm not prepared to do it, I'm also prepared to say why I'm not prepared to do it. And therefore, you know, you might not like what you've heard, but that's my decision or that's the company's decision and that's what we're doing. So it just keeps people relevant. And therefore, it gives people a choice because if they ultimately don't like the direction or what's happening within the business, of course, they have a choice uh, as to whether they wish to be part of that or not. And as we all know, uh, the generation of today workforce, they don't, uh, they don't hang around if they don't like something. Um, but but that's, that's, that's healthy as well in, in the sense of, I think in the past I was in businesses that was prided themselves on this incredible uh, ability to keep people. You know, one retailer I worked at, the average lifespan of a manager was 20 plus years. But uh, of course, that was that was fine in the 80s, 90s. But as we get into the modern world, then actually some turnover at higher levels is uh, is always healthy. Uh, fresh ideas, etc. So that, that's what I mean. Anyway, just going back to what I mean by authentic leadership and the authentic communication process. Yeah, I mean that's that's. Yeah, one thing that we've also seen with with a couple of our, our customers, I think, which is which is really eye-opening in a way. Like once you are once you have achieved this this environment where people are are really communicating, uh, having a dialogue, and and, and being honest and, and authentic about that, also the difficult problems in the in the sort of company in the in the work work environment. So once you 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 sort of have that dialogue more or less publicly in the in the, in the company, that actually also really engages the people to, 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 to actually drive the change as well. So it's not like, like where you traditionally you would have like a, like a feedback form somewhere and then you, you well, I'm making, a, I'm making it simplifying a bit, but then you complain on those and then you expect the management or the leadership to fix everything. But when you actually involve the employees uh, in this, this kind of dialogue, you actually yeah. get, the, get their buy-in into actually driving the change as well. And they, they are, they are heavily, heavily involved in it as well. And I think that's something that can be really eye-opening for many, many leaders as well, like to really see that actually this was like, it wasn't that scary to, to really involve the, the, the uh, workforce in this, this uh, dialogue, because now I actually got them, got them as a kind of sort of change agents and I have them on board driving, driving the change. And that, that's something that I would really, really uh, encourage uh, a lot of, a lot of leaders to, to, to tap into and not be afraid of, of kind of the inconvenient feedback that you will also also get. exactly exactly I, I i always have the philosophy that the uh, no matter what the problem is the answer lies within um and a good leader will always find somebody within or somebody within their business mm. that will actually help them through the difficulties that uh, or the challenges that that business has so uh, yeah good communication then you're likely to find some great answers out there yeah well i think it's it's we we um you mentioned also kind of like actually like surveys. What what of course why as as Wipecatch we are we are involved in as well. I think that's a that's an area that is is often sort of 
in my opinion, and of course it's a, it's it's generalization, but in in many cases that we encounter companies where the leadership couldn't care less about the surveys. It's sort of something that they sort of and tend to like tick a box that they've done it now and the HR is HR is running the process and then they look at the results and sort of yeah 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 we will will uh, make some changes but but in in too many cases the employees don't really feel that they, their uh, surveys have a have an uh, impact or the feedback that they have have an impact there. I think that's a, that's that's a huge problem. Uh, so what how, how do you say I mean how because of course, I mean the, the surveys they don't make any sense unless you have the leadership and unless you have the managers on board that they actually they are the the, the ones who then should take it up and and, and react to them and, and communicate and, and drive the changes. How can we get managers? How can we get leaders to be kind of more involved in actually kind of choosing what kind of surveys to run, how what kind of data to collect, how to use the data? Is there any any uh, tricks in your in your uh, pocket how to, to to kind of get get leadership more on board? In, kind of employee engagement surveys yeah i think it's um are there any tricks is a good question um uh, sadly not um but i don't mean that in a negative way i genuinely think though that the outstanding leaders in business value truly value what their people are saying and uh, they want to hear i think Part of the problem with the survey culture is that it has, certainly from my experience, it has been um, put uh, into the hands of HR too often when HR can facilitate it, but it is not their job to, uh, they're not in the custodians of, of culture, they're not the custodians of communication and listening, they're there as business partners to the senior leaders to help guide, coach, steer them through it. But it's about the senior leadership taking the ultimate responsibility for that survey process. Um, and it's about them also recognizing that um, if you really want to make it authentic and you want to make sure that your people feel that it's a worthwhile process, that it shouldn't, in my opinion, it shouldn't be numbers led. It shouldn't be about achieving a score. It shouldn't be about necessarily marking a score against the previous year. It should be about what, what, is, the, what is the richness of the data that you want to find? What is the purpose of the survey? What are you trying to achieve? And how do you weave that into the strategic direction uh, that you wish to take the business in? So for me, the key to these surveys, both in terms of keeping it uh, at the focus of the, the senior leaders, but also keeping it relevant and authentic for the, the uh, employees, is to make sure that that survey process uh, is, is constantly on the, on the change in the sense that it is aligned to the direction the business is trying to go in and that people fully understand that what is the purpose of the latest survey. So we are doing the latest survey because these are the key things we need to explore. This is the key feedback we want to find out. And this is the way that we will respond when we have the clear data back from you. So in other words, we are making the leaders think about what it's about, what they want from it, and we're committing those leaders to then actually do something about it because they've asked the workforce for a very, very specific 
um, uh, and guided um, sort of um, feedback process. And then, of course, if they feel if the leaders feel under pressure to respond in the, the correct way because it's aligned to that strategy, then ultimately they will take accountability for it. Um, and they won't just see it as a yearly or six monthly tick and bash exercise. So um, I know different companies do it in different ways. And my experience predominantly has been those that just do the same old yearly service with the odd change to question, but they don't get authentic results is my view. The ones that do have that versatility, the ones that really get their questions right, the ones that uh, do regular surveys, it might be pulse surveys, it might be, you know, sometimes longer service they're the ones that really um, get the results that they can really work with and most importantly probably have the most engaged workforce mm. that's that's a uh, i think it's a uh, there's a couple of thoughts that i really really like there and probably something that I, I i like to use here to wrap wrap up, up shortly as well and leave leave our listeners with with these thoughts i really really kind of um agree with the point that currently sort of engagement surveys are uh, often too much kind of uh, how the score score oriented so the people are really really aiming to to improve a certain score and they are comparing these these kind of indexes of scores with with not just uh, previous year results but also kind of uh, benchmarking those with with industry uh, competitors and, and so on and kind of it, it's it's become like a like a like a, a process for kind of achieving a high score that you can can actually communicate and use more externally whereas it it should be in my opinion i think the same same came from your your answers there it should be that the, the survey should be more about really understanding uh uh the the, the authentic thoughts from your from your employees and kind of what are the uh, what are the, the true drivers for engagement in the company and how can you actually get people involved in improving proving proving that and I think that's that's kind of a big big change that that hopefully will will happen soon that they kind of the, the annuals being being the annual surveys or pulse surveys or, or whatever way that you are using to, to kind of measure the engagement in, in your company that mm -hmm. it shouldn't be about the score, but it should be really about finding the right, right items, finding out the right uh, development uh, topics for your company in order to kind of get, get your people uh, more yeah. engaged. I, I think the simple way of putting it is there is enough competition in the outside world in terms of what your business purpose is about, because you'll always have competitors. So why create an internal competition that's unnecessary? Um, <laughs> Create, create the environment for what, it's, for what the survey is about. It, it ultimately is to understand how good you are and how in, uh, engaging your workforce, not how competitive the workforce is. Um, and it's a subtle shift, but I think it's a really important shift that businesses should consider. Keep the competition away. Just use the data for what it's there for and truly and authentically make sure that you are leading your business with what the people are telling you. Um, and, and you ultimately, that's the most powerful thing you can take to the outside world. Um, and um, uh, yeah, I think that sums it up. Just, just stop, stop making it a competition. 
Cause I think that that sums it up perfectly, and I, I think it's 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 really really a thought I I want to leave our listeners with at this point. Uh, thank you, Jonathan, so much for for sharing your thoughts with us in this in this podcast, uh, and, and yeah, for all the listeners out there, I mean, stay tuned. We will have more more um, podcasts coming up uh, soon soon as well. So so keep Wipecatch on your on your radars. But thank you, Jonathan, for for doing this with us. Thank you. It's my pleasure. Great. All right. Thanks, everyone, for listening and stay tuned for more to come. Thanks for listening to the Vibecatch podcast. Visit our website, vibecatch.com, for more resources and insights on employee engagement, human productivity, and HR technology. Don't forget to subscribe to get the latest podcast right in your inbox.